0: how's it going and welcome to episode 133 of on the wire proud member of the picture list podcast network follow the pod on the twitter at on the wire pod i am kevin hasting at kevin at hasting kevin on twitter excuse me you can follow adam at 80 grade that's all spelled out he's off this weekend celebrating his birthday with his family i'm assuming joining me today in adam's place Brian and Trekkin. You may not know that name, but you definitely know the name KC Bubba. Went from First Pitch Podcast, bench with Bubba and the Bloom. He's got his MLB DFS Quick Hits Podcast, as well as written work at Baseball HQ, Fantasy Pros, and of course, Gaining the Edge. Bubba is also currently leading the 2023 On The Wire Listener Leagues overall. And we'll talk a little bit about that But first, Bubba, thank you so much for being here. Welcome back. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great, my friend. Like I was telling you before the show, it's great to catch up with you and chat a bit. And it's bittersweet because the season's almost over, which is great. But the season's almost over, which is not always great. So it's great to, to chat with you here and do our best to guide the ship for people to come home for the final week of the fantasy season.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We were also talking a little bit. It feels to me like things are a little crazier as far as definitely with the call-ups still going on and injuries. And now we have weather that we're worried about this weekend that could definitely affect things for the final week of the season. And we're recording here on Friday right as games are getting underway And uh, there could be quite a few changes before fab runs on Sunday evening for many leagues where a lot of things are, we're going to have to leave up to the listeners and say, pay attention Saturday and Sunday uh, and even Friday evening before you make your final decisions.
1: Yeah. It's a big, I know people like hate it. They're like, we listen to you guys or we read content. You guys supposed to do it for us. But this is one of those weeks where it's, it's chaos. It's going to be up to that, whatever your fab time is on Sunday evening and just be prepared the one thing i'll I'll echo a lot on this show is whatever you put your time in to do whatever you decided to do there's a good chance it doesn't come to fruition next week because more changes will take place that's just the chaos of this last week we've already seen it this week and previous weeks it's just gotten worse and worse so you basically just have to set yourself up the best you can cross your fingers and hope you get to the finish line in the same position you want to do or elevated yourself even more
0: Yeah, one thing I did not put in the news and notes section, which we'll get right into Max Fried going on the 15-day IL, this probably won't affect his postseason at all. He thinks he's fine with the blister situation. That would have been a decision we would have to make when setting our lineups on Monday. But thanks to the rosters only expanding to 28 players now, and thank you to the Atlanta Braves for placing him on the I.L., we don't have to worry about that one.
1: Yep, he's a drop. That's the beauty of it. There's going to be a lot of – it's going to be one of those weeks where you're going to look at your fab wire and go, I'm dropping who? But that's where we are right now. You're (laughs) dropping – like these are the – this makes it easy drops, actually. This is the – decisions are a lot easier for you. It's pretty, I don't know, silly crazy. He got his start pushed back a couple of days because of a hot spot in his hand it turned out to be a blister. Makes the start now. It's gotten worse. He has to go on the IL, and it makes you wonder: should he have gone to the IL to begin with? Should he have? There's, there's a lot of what ifs. That's the name of the game we play. But yeah, Max Fried going to the IL. It's a, it's a blow because there's certain pitchers you're going to lose out on in the final week of the season. You want your ace to give you one more shot. That would be great. But we're going to lose Freed and some others, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, I'm going off of our rundown already, but guys like Dodgers pitchers Mm -hmm. pitching late in the week kershaw for example what do you think we you're going to do with him when you're setting your lineup on monday or even pepio who could yeah. be getting two starts but will he get that second one he should be able those guys would have their normal rest because they're getting the buy in the first round mm-hmm. but they're probably not going to go really deep and there, there's a possibility especially with kershaw they may even skip him
1: Yeah, looking at standings is going to be very vital. I'm bubbling the bloom on Thursday night. Ryan and I went over standings and each team situations and potential what-ifs. And Pepio, I feel like, gets his because he's young and they want to keep him going. Kershaw could be one of those literally, hey, give us 50 pitches, just make, make it like a little bit of an extended bullpen session, and then, hey, keep that shoulder fresh. We need you in the postseason type situation. They might skip him completely. I don't think that's his style, especially with the bye week. I think he wants to stay a little fresh. But you look at teams like the Phillies, by the end of the weekend, they should be locked up with their top um, wildcard spot. Nolo is supposed to pitch Sunday. He probably gets pushed to the, the wildcard game. Kentamaeda, similar situation with the Twins. They're going to have theirs wrapped up. Kevin Gossman, same situation. They're all scheduled to pitch on Sunday. All those teams would prefer to have their quote-unquote number ones start the wildcard series, not be the third game of the series, which might not even happen type scenario. So those are what you're looking at. You're going to look at the chart and see, oh, I got Gossman for two starts the final week. I'd be surprised if you get Gossman for two starts the final week. That's the kind of things you have to navigate. You're going to get the one. That's awesome. It's probably still better than other alternatives, but don't plan on the two-type situation.
0: Yeah, if you have somebody like Gossman, you're hoping that that there's still a question of whether they're in or not, and they need him to get in with that tight race for the AL wired wildcard spots the nice thing about astros rangers mariners mm-hmm. even if one of them does start to pull away a, a couple of games we're gonna they're gonna want to make sure they stay ahead of minnesota as well to get the buy for the for that first round so yeah i was looking at the standings after hearing you and ryan uh talk about that last night i, I was really trying to dive into that a little bit let's go to uh, another one of our call-ups we've had somebody every week all season long Just a couple of months after his 20th birthday, Junior Caminero has been called up by Tampa. They do have a five-game week, Mm -hmm. but two of the three are versus lefties next weekend. And that's what I'm looking ahead at for those of us in NFBC formats, where we can change our lineups on Friday. Uh, Are you interested uh, for the second half of the week in those uh, formats or even daily formats where – It appears he might get a little more playing time towards the end of the week if he doesn't, if they don't just play him all week long.
1: In a daily format, I'm intrigued. I'll say that much. I'm looking at Friday's lineup, and he's not in the lineup. That kind of tells me it might be a a platoon situation. Shocker. This is the the Tampa Bay Rays we're talking about here. But the five-game week really hurts, especially this time of the year when you're so limited, like, I have leagues where I have $2. I can't afford to waste a buck on Junior Camonero. Now, if you've got some funds and you want to do it, you mentioned the two lefties towards the end of the week. That does make sense. I, I'm with you 100% on that one. So, obviously, the annoying answer that you know analysts give, it's team dependent. But um, it but really it is. is. It's so, <laughs> in the, so dependent this week because – like even when I was doing Fab last week, I had some leagues where I had dollars. I had other leagues where I had four bucks. It really changes the way you can approach things and how aggressive. And you're going to have a lot of guys you can drop. You mentioned Freed. Aaron went on the We're going to cover a lot of these guys. But there's so many guys you can literally just – you're dropping. You're just dropping them and moving on, and it opens up roster spots where you can stash a Camonero, not play him the first half of the NFPC week, play him in the second half, and that can be a very nice thing to have, obviously. If you can afford to do it, I'm in – I probably won't be able to, and that's going to be the deterrent for me.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. Roster spots for many of us won't be the issue that they typically are throughout the season, but the the amount of fab dollars we have left will be. And you brought up Nolan Arenado, him and Wilson Contreras, both to the IL for St. Louis. I'm really not interested, as you have talked all season long on your various platforms, catching there's catchers out there i I, i'm not interested in anybody filling in for Contreras, but i really think and i'm wondering your opinion is this a blessing in disguise for those that roster arenado over the past month he's hit 190 with zero home runs eight rbi in 110 plate appearances
1: that's a great point it it is because it's one of those things we all talk about usually like mid-season like you're just blindly rostering guys and starting them without even looking and then there's guys like Arenado, who even when they're struggling, you're just like, I'm going to keep playing them most likely. It's just the way it is. And, and you, you live with it scenario. So this is a blessing in disguise. It could get you a Palacios up there to play every day. It moves more pieces around in that Cardinal setup that at least gives you regular playing times. Or you just go to a different team, like the Twins. We'll talk about them coming up. Dodgers might have a couple of platoon situations. There's a lot of options. Cam could be a dude for you. It is a little bit of a this guys. It's a great point that it just forces your hand that goes, nope, sorry, can't play you this week.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about your San Francisco Giants a little bit. Brandon Crawford to the IL, Marco Luciano's back. And I'm wondering, this is, I really want to pick your brain as a Giants fan. Do we care about Tyler Fitzgerald? Uh, His minor league numbers are intriguing to me. The Giants are set to face four right-handers and two lefty starters this week. And we know the Giants. You just talked about Tampa. The Giants are maybe even more so than Tampa these days. I was about to say the new Tampa. They may even do it more, play the matchups. Awesome. What, what are you thinking in San Francisco?
1: Yeah, it's a great call with Fitzgerald. He looked good. He I, saw, I watched him Thursday night make his debut, and it was pretty impressive. His plate's discipline and everything, drew a big walk, got, a, I believe, a double first career hit. But it will be a platoon because the problem is they have Conforto, they have Yaz, they have plenty of – they have Wade, they have Jock, they have plenty of lefties in there. So it will be a strict platoon there. Unless you never know with Kapler, he could just you say, you know what, we're out of it. It's time to see what these young kids have. That's the other dilemma this final week of the season. When we talk about bad teams, it's just, hey, that's why you see certain prospects get called up. Obviously the Rays are in it, so that's a different story. But you'll see it in other situations where they're just – Letting guys play and see where it goes. So, what I would say on the Fitzgerald front, and this is a cop out, see what the Giants do this weekend. That would be my oh, best. Oh, that's not a cop out at all. That would be because that, that's all we can go off of is how they go off of this. And if you see him playing the whole weekend, that means they want to see what they have. And that's interesting because they also have Luis Matos up, who's actually been swinging it. That's another right handed outfielder that gets in the way. So that's the headache with the Giants. You hit it right at the top. As a Giants fan, I watch it, and I'm just like, I get it, but it's annoying because some of these guys are, like, swinging it well. So, yes, to your Fitzgerald point, it'll be deep league only, for one, and see what they do this weekend. If he plays every game, then, yeah, he's probably worth a buck for sure. Oh, Matos, I
0: brought him up on the show last week with Adam. He was one of two Giants that played every game the
1: previous week, and he's played once this week. That's how frustrating they are. You're you're telling me, my (laughs) friend. You are telling me. I'm glad I rostered him last week for the Coors and all that. It's like I picked him up. He's been on my bench. And if I can afford to drop him, again, he has so many dollars. But he he hasn't even been a thought to put in the lineup this week.
0: Gotcha. Chicago White Sox. We haven't had much uh, rotation on the closer front this season. But Gregory Santos to the I.L., is there anybody we care about? Are, are, are we even going to get a save opportunity with the White Sox?
1: Yeah, I was going to go look at who their relievers are, but then I'm like, yes, yeah, the Chicago White Sox, I'd rather look at their schedule. Um, you got three versus Arizona who's contending. Three versus the Padres are actually streaking and playing. I really wouldn't worry about it unless you're like extremely desperate for a potential save situation, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't count on the White Sox for a whole lot right now. When you talk about throwing in the towel, they have thrown in about a dozen of them by now.
0: Yep, and the, another team that's thrown in the towel, the Angels. <laughs> Joe Adele is back, though, and yeah. hit, his, hit his second home run upon his return, second home run of the season. They probably are going to give him some run, and I believe it was you I heard say he doesn't – yeah, it was on Friday's first pitch. First pitch. Yep. Yeah, he. this is the first time he's re- not really under pressure. So would you be confident in – and rolling him out there in deeper five outfielder leagues this week.
1: Yeah, I'd be very interested in that. Like he's hitting fifth in Friday night's lineup. That tells you a lot right there out the gate. They're hitting him ahead of Grichik, who's hitting seventh. They want to give Adele a spot in the middle of the order where they've always hoped he'd be that guy. Uh, I think he plays pretty much every game the rest of the way. Maybe he gets a day off for some reason, but I'd be very interested. And even in a 12 teamer, if you're really desperate for potential power and maybe a splash of speed, Adele, I think, is worth a shot when you're looking at the waiver wire this week. And especially when you look at uh, Anaheim, they get six games, Texas and Oakland. That Oakland series will look really good for for him with potentially Boyles, which is a bullpen game, Sears and then Blackburn. I, I think it's a very good spot for Joe Adele next week.
0: Nice. One guy I wanted to put in here because of the couple of times I've tweeted about him this season, you have commented at Michael A. Taylor he's back he, he's been in the lineup three of the four games since returning they get that oakland pitching staff for three and then at colorado for oh. three I, this is somebody i'm very interested in for this final week of the season just as an all-round if he was a full-time player without injuries this season we'd be looking at probably
1: 25 20 season for michael a taylor yeah i am 100 percent on board with you on this one i mentioned two weeks ago because they had three at Cincinnati, and then they finished with three in Colorado. I said, get all your twins now. Get them all. And just save them. Do whatever you have to do. And Taylor came back from the IL, and they want to play him. They've proven it. doesn't matter righty, lefty. There's something because his defense is really good. They want him to play out there. And you mentioned the the skills. This is a guy that for a couple years now in my preseason like draft and hold formats, I always Mm -hmm. say pick him up late. Because if you, you just look at the full season total, He's been a 15-15 guy like every single season. And that's not without, without regular playing time. Like you said, if he played every day, we're talking 25-20. He's got that skill and no one talks – not no, I hate that term. He's not talked about enough is what there it comes down to with Michael A. Taylor. So I'm with you on that one. I think it's a great setup for him, obviously the Colorado series. But he's got some good matchups overall. Like the Twins have one of the better schedules to finish out the season. So we will talk about Taylor later, actually. Yes, <laughs> I, I'm with you on Michael A. Taylor.
0: Nice, nice. I'm going to wrap it up there on news and notes. There, there's so much going on. And Can I said, bring up well,
1: one thing? I'm, I don't want to hijack your show. I hate, no, but please do. It, it broke a little while ago, and it I think it's at least worth discussing to the people. They probably already dropped them already, but Sandy Alcantara re-aggravated his forearm after his, his rehab start. And it, the way people are tweeting about it, he's going to have Tommy John now. Well, Maybe hopefully not, but he that, was going to need like. that yeah.
0: before they made the decision to bring him yeah. back after we thought he was shut down for the season. I would assume yeah. he would, that, that it would have happened anyway. But, for uh, sure.
1: But now it's more of an official situation, it looks like.
0: There we go. Yeah. Yeah, we were
1: – I was shocked that he threw those four innings the other yeah. night. When that news dropped on Thursday, I was like, What? why what are we doing like i I give them credit for trying to come back and help for the postseason push but there's a point where it's man they better be paying you a lot of money on the side we don't know about because you just basically risked it for the marlins of all teams
0: yeah absolutely and yeah as always there there's more notes and some of them will probably come up as we're talking categories here in a bit we do try to stick to the news that has to do with the fab that we're gonna have running on sunday night in order to keep up with all of the news of the day make sure you're listening to nick pollock's plus pitch podcast which highlights every starting pitcher performance from the day prior and also the first pitch podcast with casey bubba monday through friday jake crumpler on the weekends doing an amazing job as well breaks down the news highlights observations from that day and then looks ahead to to the day coming up you always put your dfs notes your underdog fantasy notes in there which is awesome for those involved in those so in just a moment we're going to talk about Casey bubba leading the on the wire overall with one week to go in the season as we were talking about before the show it, it has gotten a little tighter this week but before we get into that we're going to take a quick break All right, we are back. You are listening to On The Wire. We are joined this week by Casey Bubba, who is currently leading the On The Wire Listener League. Overall, we have 10 teams, 10, 12-team leagues, same rules as the online championship as far as fab, roster size, and, and starting lineups. And everything's the same as the OCs with but we don't pay out for the overall you'll just get the bragging rights Bubba if you hang on how are you feeling
1: if you said before the show like Wednesday night feel it real good things were looking good Thursday smaller slate I really didn't have that many guys playing for one that was a big part and the the gap trunk so let's put it that way things tightened up in the race we'll see how it goes over the weekend I got four starters coming up two on Friday two on Saturday should really give me an idea going into next week my offense is clicking. I'm not worried about them as much, but it's the pitching that needs to get going. In the regular league, I'm up like six points as uh, they just won't go away there either. But in the overall, it's uh, it's about a 10-point gap, give or take, last time I checked, which, you know, it doesn't sound like much, but to gain that much in an overall still takes a... You got to get going, but it's not over, let's put it that way.
0: Yeah, I was looking at your lineup before the show, and I noticed that, and we talked a little bit about before we started recording, I noticed that you hadn't had many pitching starts yet this week you mentioned you have four coming up over the weekend that'll really help especially those gaining on you probably had uh, a couple other starters go earlier in the week you just got to hope they're not two two-time starters for the week and they don't get them again on sunday the, the yeah this i love this lineup all around you got ryan mcmahon he's not doing too shabby this week but he's seven home games at coors this week you can hope for better there. Your catchers, seven at bats apiece. However, we're no we don't expect much more than that from a catcher, and they've both hit home runs for you. But yeah, things look good, like you said. The offense is clicking.
1: Yeah, offense is clicking. When you got Nolan Jones doing his thing, shameless plug. Got to mention Nolan Jones anytime we can. That's fun, but when you get to draft Ronald Acuna with the second overall pick, that helps a ton. Not going to deny that. But it'll be interesting to see some of the decisions I have to make. Francisco and Dormichael 30-30 by the end of next week. The waiver wire has been kind. We've gotten very fortunate throughout the season there in streaming things, but I've been limited on money for a while, and I've been playing a dollar here, a dollar there. If you look at my bench, you can tell I just held on to guys because I can't afford to make moves because I wanted to have options for the final week of the season. So we'll see how it pans out. It's going to be real interesting to see what happens. I'm probably going to have to make some very interesting decisions here down the stretch. I I kept Kimley Jansen in the lineup. He's supposed to be back Tuesday, Wednesday. That still hasn't happened yet. I need saves and that's been a bummer but yeah overall the offense is is doing its thing and I'm not I never say not worried but if I'm confident in anything on this team it is the starting lineup
0: yeah is there did was there a point in the season like I said we don't pay out anything extra for the overall we everything goes to the league prize money which is great and with the NFBC with these this is basically one of their satellite leagues and they take a minimal rake on these leagues, so the payouts are, are amazing. Was there a point where you started looking at the overall and started adjusting based on those standings?
1: I wouldn't say I've adjusted a ton, but I have looked at it. good friend of all of ours, Yancey Eaton, hit me up one day because we were neck and neck he's close. in it. Yeah. <laughs> he sent me a screenshot, and I was like, oh, let's get it, my friend. And then in the game, of the Edge Discord, there was a couple guys up top for a while with us. And that was uh, just fun banter in there as well. Because I remember like, we did. they jumped in this league with me and they did a few other leagues. And first off, the on-the-wire listener leagues are awesome. That's just not even me to say that because I'm doing well this year. But, it, you know, gets 50 bucks for everybody to get their feet wet in the NPC is, is pretty darn awesome. It gets your feelings on everything. But, yeah, the overall, to your question, I was looking at it. I haven't put, like, extra into it. But it's definitely been, if it gets tight, I start paying more attention type scenario. And that's where it's at now.
0: Yeah, good luck this week. Lucas Beery, good friend of the show, yep. is, is also up there breathing down your neck. It's going to be fun to watch from the outside looking in. I am in six of the 10 leagues, and I can't even crack the top 10 in the overall. I do have one where I'm looking pretty good with a week to go to win a league, but that team's been hovering right around 12th to 14th uh, for a couple of weeks now. Good luck to you and the others up sure. there within striking distance. We're probably going to expand, a, expand it again a little bit Our on the wire listener leagues. There's been a lot of interest recently in teen team leagues. So we're probably going to add at least a couple of them and probably keep at Hopefully get 10, 12 team leagues again, and maybe add a couple of 15s, a lot of interest of Uh, drafting a 15-team Fab League in October uh, on the Twitter. Derek over at NFBC said as soon as he opens up the draft and holds, the draft champions, that he could get that set up for us. So we're shooting for mid-October for a
1: 15-team Fab League for 2024. That'll be pretty wild because I already took part in the first seven rounds of the 2024 draft and hold with the crew over there, DPH and everybody, and... It's wild. It's all I'm going to say is it's the second year we've done that one. It's looking back on those are always fun. So I can only imagine a a fab league. That first fab run will be electric is all I can say. Like the money spent because the players that will be available will be something else. Yeah,
0: exactly. I am really uh, looking forward to this because many of us do the draft and holds and best balls early, right after the season ends, we start drafting for 2024, but with a fab league, You can fix things, you can add things, you can make up for mistakes, and there will be things that
1: happen that none of us saw coming that we can adjust to as well. So I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, it would be great. Um, I'm rooting for you guys. I'm gonna try to stick to my 12 for the most part, but you never know. There's always that draft (laughs) ditch that takes place. So we'll see what happens. Adam likes to try
0: to add this to the middle of the show rather than waiting to the end when some people check out. I don't think anybody listening uh, we'll have a hard time finding you, but uh, remind everybody where they can, if there happens to be someone uh, listening that that's
1: not w- sure where to find your work. Yeah. You can find me on the Twitter there at BD Intric, B D E N T R E K. All my work is tweeted out there too much at times, but yeah, if you want, I, I do a lot of podcasting cause I have a face for radio and that's why it works out pretty well. Benched with Bubba Bubba in the bloom with Ryan Bloomfield, of course, Most of Bench with Bubba this year has been with Mike Curling, had some Ben Tit on there. Next year, I plan on getting back to multiple episodes of Bench with Bubba again. That's part of my plan because I used to do a couple a week where it was one stationary fab podcast. And then later in the week, I'd have a lot of guests. That was the things. I'd have Kevin Mm -hmm. on. I'd have other people on. And that's what I want to get back to. That's one of the things I enjoy about that show. And then the first pitch podcast, MLB DFS Quick Hits is probably done for the season as we're ramping things down here. Uh, And then written content all over the place. Yeah, just check me out on Twitter. You'll see it. uh, There's plenty of it to go around. Plenty of it. So much of it, you'll be annoyed with me. But if you just want like witty banter, I'm very sarcastic. So come have some fun on Twitter with me. Awesome.
0: Let's jump into some categories here and uh, see if we can help people out for the final week. Those clawing their way, hopefully to a a, a fantasy championship or trying to hang on and at least cash in some leagues. As usual, we'll start with power. Those looking for home runs, RBI categories in Roto Leagues or, or gaining their points there in, in the head-to-head leagues. Uh, who, who are you looking at for power this week?
1: We'll go to Nelly. Nelson Velasquez, 40% rostered in NFC 12 teams right now. This is a guy that I absolutely love He's on a, almost all my draft and hold teams. When he was traded to the Royals, I was like, thank goodness somebody start playing him regularly. I'm very excited about this. And he's playing pretty much every single day right now for the Royals, which is great to see because he was even getting platooned to start things out there. And now you get uh, Velasquez since uh, September 1st hitting 273 with seven home runs and 17 RBIs. That is very nice when you look at the grand scheme of things. And then the Royals, they get three at Detroit and then three against the Yankees next week. I respect what Reese Olsen, Scoogle, and Gibson Long have been doing. That's actually not the easiest Detroit matches, but still gettable. I really like actually the Rodon, Clark Schmidt, Michael King side of things. I, I get King's strikeout upside. That's scary. But Schmidt will pitch to contact, and Rodon I still don't think's all there. So it's not the best schedule for Velasquez, I'll be honest. but We're looking for more of a widely available power bat. I think Velasquez could bring a lot to the table there, and he's been hitting home runs off of everybody. So that's the beauty of it. It's not just like a, a one-man show when it comes to Nelson Velasquez. And then before I pass the mic, just since we mentioned him earlier, Joe Adele isn't even rostered in OCs right now. He's not even on the list. So he'll be available in 100% of leagues on Sunday. And that, since we talked about him, that got my attention. Joe Adele could be a very nice one as well. Yeah, I agree. And the, the thing I love about
0: Nelson Velasquez is some people are, might be scared away by at Detroit and home games at Kaufman. When Nelly hits the ball, it doesn't matter where he's playing. It goes, <laughs> it goes boom.
1: Yeah, because the, the last thing I guess I'll mention here, in that month of September, 26.3% barrel rate, 55.3% hard hit rate. It goes to what Kevin's saying there. When he hits the ball, he hits it hard. <laughs> yes,
0: he is fun to watch. I was shocked. My, my player is 0% in 12-team leagues as well. That's not as shocking as the fact that he's 91% Quite in the 15-team <laughs> main events. I don't know if I've ever seen a gap that wide uh, when looking at players. And I'm talking about Randall Grichuk back with the angels. He's been playing well lately more. And importantly, he's playing every day as their everyday left fielder. And I know narratives can get overblown, but he's playing for a contract at 32 years old. Not only was he cut, Nobody wanted him for free when he was cut. And the team that cut him is playing him every day. And he's playing well. I look for pretty good things to come from Randall Gritchick this week. Not available in a lot of 15-team leagues, but
1: available everywhere
0: in less than 15-teamers.
1: Yeah, I like that shout-out because he's been playing extremely well, which is, I give kudos to him, like you mentioned. He got waived twice, and no one wanted him. And he comes back and he's like, okay, fine. I'm going to play for some a new contract. And he's just out there hitting. And I give him a, a lot of credit for that because some guys could have easily just mailed it in at that point in time. So to see him to do that, I'm with you. We talked about Adele liking the schedule for him. Why wouldn't you like it for uh, for Gritchard?
0: Exactly. How about speed? Stolen bases? And we always like to remind people we're not just talking stolen bases. We're also talking run scored when we're talking speed category.
1: Yeah, speed was a weird one this week because it was like, I don't know, for me it wasn't as obvious as normal because I would have gone straight to Willie Castro. I have a bias, but he's so heavily rostered in 12s. He's everywhere in, in, in Maine, so that kind of doesn't help anybody here. But I went to a teammate of his, and it's someone that, that in 15s is pretty widely rostered. But when it comes to 12s, Kyle Farmer's 2% rostered right now. He has second base, third base, shortstop eligibility, which is beautiful. And he's going to play every single day because because Royce Lewis just went on the IL. He played shortstop primarily when he was there, but then he's been all over the infield. Like I said, he's hitting, he hit sixth on Thursday. He's hitting sixth again on Friday. So putting him right in the middle of the order. He's hitting with a little bit of power. Actually, he's only got two steals on the season. We had a steal on Thursday. The twins do like to run and farmer in the past has shown steals ability. So I guess I could just, I'm just going to plug in a, a twin where I can type scenario, but it's a guy that you talk runs also eight runs scored in the month of September He's going to get on base. That Twins team can put up runs. Oh, and they're going to Coors Field, which usually translates to a lot of runs scored. So I'm going to go with Kyle Farmer. Maybe not the best steals option, but overall runs upside type guy, I go Kyle Farmer.
0: Nice. Yes. I've loved Kyle Farmer for a long time, especially when we were getting him in Great American Small Park. Yep. <laughs> All series. those years. That was amazing. I'm going with a guy that only has a five-game week this week which is a little concerning. But like you said, speed is really weird right now. Jacob Young for the Nationals has been playing every day, stealing bases. He's got seven in just 91 plate appearances on the season, which his MLB season began at the end of August 26th. His batting average isn't going to hurt you, hitting 250. Not going to get any power to speak of from him, but for some stolen bases and hopefully some runs scored, And and I can't believe I'm talking about the number nine hitter for the Washington Nationals in a five-game week. But in in deeper leagues, uh, this is where we're at if we're scrapping and clawing for uh, a couple of stolen bases. In fact, he's rostered in almost half of the 15-team main events. But again, 0% in the 12-team online championships.
1: Yep, I think that's a great call. He's getting the playing time. It's like we talked about the Adele situation. The Nats want to see what they have with him and they put him in the middle of the order. So I'm a fan of him in, in deeper formats, maybe 12s if you're really desperate for some speed.
0: Nice. Let's go to opportunity. And we'd like to talk a little bit about the schedule. We all already have quite a bit. And as you said, it was last week's show where you and Ryan on Bubba and the Bloom went through every team's schedule for the final two weeks of the season. That was yeah. a great help for everybody. This week, only two teams played seven days at Seattle and Texas. Colorado and the L.A. Dodgers do play seven games due to a doubleheader on Tuesday. I mentioned that Washington only has five games this week. You mentioned Tampa earlier. That's also the case for Cincinnati and Cleveland. Everybody else has six games with either Monday or Thursday off. Who are you looking at that might have a a nice opportunity to get in our lineups this
1: week? I love your call, so I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say there. But we already mentioned Michael A. Taylor. Again, I'm just a homer for the Twins right now. It's, it's such a great matchup. Three against the A's, three in Coors Field. You can't ask for a whole lot more when you get pitchers like Blackburn, Medina, Walchick. Those are guys you can definitely get to, plus that bullpen is not good at all. And then you get Ty Block, Kaufman, Anderson, assuming these all stay in line. Great matchups overall. So Michael A. Taylor is a guy I really like, playing pretty much every day. Going to have the power, even some speed upside for you. But then I'm also going to throw out there, and I almost did him in the power department, but I want to do all twins. At least I'll I'll mix it up a little bit. Matt Walner. This is a big one. Tons of pop. I call him Joey Gallo light, except in the month of September, he's hitting 288. He's actually hitting for average. He's walking 16%, 31% K rate, couple home runs. The power's actually down this month. I don't know if he's being more selective and actually getting for average, but there's tons of pop there when you look at walner when it comes to roster rates he is if i can spell correctly he is 50 percent rostered in your ocs and we talked about the, the matches with the a's and the rockies if it lines out this week, you get two righties and a lefty to start the week two righties and a lefty to end the week so he should get at least four games potentially and they are playing him versus lefties too so i like the walner one a lot if you're looking for some extra help yep love it i went with i didn't think that I would find
0: uh Dodger available with a seven game week, four of them at Coors field, all of them against right-handed pitching. Didn't think there would be one Jason Hayward. However, is only 25% rostered in the main events and 0% once again in the 12 team online championships. And I was like, he must've slowed down. All right. A few weeks ago, Jason Hayward was getting some talk. It was, everybody was surprised at how good of a season he's having. He must have slowed down. No, month of September, he's hitting three forty eight with two home runs and two stolen bases. So he's actually gotten better. So Jason Hayward could be a big boost for teams this final week of the season.
1: Yeah, he will be a very popular target for me on the fab market. and If you can't get him, go for David Peralta. But I want Hayward for sure out of those two. So I, I love that call.
0: All right, let's transition to some pitching
1: here, Bubba. Wins and Ks to start it off. Wins and Ks, I cheated and I put Michael King. He's 85% in 12s. So I decided at the last minute here, I'll mix it up for you because we're looking for two start guys to potentially give you a boost and uh, give you more chances at wins. So I'm going to mention Adrian Hauser. And yes, everyone's like, who brought this guy on their show? But Adrian Hauser is 14% rostered in 12s. The Brew crew have them set up to phase two. It's first a depleted Cardinals team, and then a Cubs team that might be resting guys because they have it all locked up potentially. We'll see. This is all speculation. That's where we're at right now. But When you look at Adrian Hauser, he's made two starts since coming back from the I.L. He's thrown 11 innings, allowed three total runs, struck out nine over those 11, which is very nice for Hauser. And what does he have, Kevin? He has two wins in each of those. Like so He has a win in each start. The Brewers are playing great. They might be resting guys on Sunday as well because they've already locked up the central, so they might he might have the best offense behind him. But Hauser will be pitching. That's the thing that I wanted to mention because when it comes to the postseason, all they need are these three guys called Peralta, Woodruff, and Burns. So Hauser will be a long man. They're going to get his start on Sunday. They want him to eat innings. So I think there's a lot of upside there. Again, I get it. Hauser has let so many of us down for so long. But when you're looking at two-start options, chance to get a couple wins – I could look at Adrian Hauser and think, you know what? It might be worth risking it for the biscuit.
0: Yeah, I'm cheating here as well. I I, I love that call on Hauser. I'm cheating as well in the fact that this is the same guy I brought up in this category last week, Alec Marsh of the Kansas City Royals. 40% rostered in the D15 team leagues. 0% once again in 12 teamers. Roster resource has him listed as the starter for two games this week just as they did for one game this past week. I look for Kansas City to continue throwing an opener out in front of him. They've done that for three consecutive appearances now, and he's performed very well, going at least four innings in each. Again, getting those wins you're talking about in the last two, and he typically can get us some strikeouts as well, even in those four innings. He only had two against Cleveland. I was a little disappointed, but we know Cleveland, in spite of not being a great offense this season, they haven't struck out. It's not too surprising that he didn't get the strikeouts against the Guardians. And he gets at Detroit, great Paul Park to pitch in. And then the New York Yankees, who've been playing a little better offensively lately, but back in Kaufman Stadium, I, I don't think they're a lineup to be afraid of. So I'm looking for eight, nine innings close to if not double digit strikeouts and hopefully at least one win from alec marsh this week
1: it's a great call especially in people for some reason are still scared of the yankees and in september alone they're hitting less than 200 versus righties and they're striking out over 28 percent of the time there's a lot to love and you have to start thinking that last couple games why are they even putting stanton and Judge in the field to get hurt like, right. why are they even doing that? Like that lineup we might see might be something for the ages over the weekend with the Yankees. So I think that's a very strong one that though those kind of um, guys that have openers in front of the long men could be sneaky. Good.
0: Yeah. I, I just hope they stick with that plan. Cause I, I don't know that he gets five innings. I hope they stick with that plan. Yep, uh, they answer. have for three consecutive games. I like it. Uh, looking for ratios, ERA and whip, uh, that those categories can be really bunched up too and Adam likes to point out and Todd's always been pointing it out to us for years ratios can still move and not only because we can improve a little bit but those in front of us can
1: come back to us who are you looking at this final week yeah I want to look at teams that are playing seven games and that have something to play for so that takes me to Seattle and that takes me to Matt Brash and Matt Brash is a very interesting one to me because he's technically the setup man Munoz. There's a couple other guys in the the back end of that bullpen, a very good Seattle bullpen. But Matt Brash is not allowed to run over his last 11 appearances. He has not allowed to run since August 25th, which is pretty impressive. He has gone 10 and two-thirds innings with six holds, if you care about those, 14 strikeouts over those 10 and two-thirds innings, obviously an ERA of zero, if you're looking for that kind of stuff, which we obviously are, and a whip of .94. Matt Brash could be one of those guys that these managers in these tight type games where they're playing for the postseason are going to be very like we we talk about in the postseason, we watch games all the time. The extra bullpen work guys get because they're like doing so many matchup based things. Matt Brash. I wouldn't be shocked if he pitches at least three games next week, maybe four, just because they're going to want that elite guy in the back end to go strike out some dudes. I think Brash is very interesting. If you're looking for that kind of situation.
0: Yeah. I, I like my player for the, same reason i'm looking at alex vesia of the dodgers and we talked earlier about if they do throw kershaw maybe it's 50 pitches go out there it's his bullpen but to live hitters and so alex vesia who has been pitching often recently seven innings over the past couple of weeks so he's getting out there three or even four times in a week Recently, one two nine ERA over the past couple of weeks, zero point seven one WHIP. He's scavenged two wins in that time. We can't count on that, but that'd be amazing if he'd sneak another one in there before the end of the season. More than a strikeout an in inning, he's got nine in the seven innings he's pitched recently, and, and I think they may lean on him and the rest of the guys in that bullpen a little more than they usually would
1: this final week. Yeah, I think that's a great call. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. He was one that was on my, my radar because he's gotten a lot of really good work there. And the beauty of uh, have, picking a lefty is that's 100% going to be a matchup thing, which will get him more opportunity as well.
0: Yeah, look like at saves. We, we haven't seen, as I mentioned earlier, it's a rough. lot of turnover in, in saves this season. And with only one week to go, we can't really spec on saves, but we kind of can in, in a couple of instances. Anybody you're looking at that might be able to to grab you a save or two for the final week?
1: I'm going to go with the Dodgers as well, I'm going to bruise dark Gratterall. The way I, I preached about Matt Brash, I was going to put Gratterall there, but I decided to put him in the saves department. Gratterall is not allowed to run in his last 21 appearances. He has not allowed All right. to run since July 24th. That's pretty impressive to me, and he's got three saves over that chunk. He had three saves. He had his uh, save as recent as uh, about six appearances ago, early September. The Dodgers play a double doubleheader. On Tuesday, which line up again, good chance they beat the Rockies both games, just throwing it out there. So it could line up a, a second closer situation. Evan Phillips is the main man. There's no denying that. But Gratterall is the next man in line when we look at that stuff more often than not. Plus, Gratterall can pick up some W's and whatnot. So I like Bruce Gradwell to try to steal one in a seven game week.
0: Yeah, I love it. That's a great point with the doubleheader on Tuesday. It's not often that we count on a, a doubleheader sweep, but when, when we're talking Dodgers and Rockies, there, there, there's a really good chance there. I'm going with Will Vest in Detroit. Now, it's it, it, this is for a deep league where you're really scrounging and you're probably going to try to throw multiple guys out there just hoping to get a save or two from any of them. Uh, But he's got a 2.8 ERA on the season and a couple of saves in his last three appearances. Now, one of them, Lang had blew the save the night before, and that night was his third consecutive appearance. The other one was extra innings. So it's not like they're rolling him out there as their top choice in the ninth. But the Tigers have six games this week lang has as i said blown a couple of opportunities recently so this is a guy that i he's not going to hurt my ratios he hasn't given up a run in his in his last uh 11 plus innings pitched so i'm confident he won't hurt my ratios and i'm just hoping that he stumbles into another save like he has in two of his last three appearances
1: yeah i think it's a great call he's mentioned two out of the last three so two over the last week for vest where lang has the two blown saves and one save uh, vest is definitely the next man up and lang's been sketchy for a while so mm-hmm. i think that's probably one of the better ones to take and especially when we talked about detroit's got a good schedule they got some good pitchers obviously now they give them a chance for wins uh, i think that's a good call i like that one a lot
0: for the wild card category we're down to one week we're not stashing anybody but no. as i said last week since we're recording on friday people won't hear this until Sunday but my stash is is for the weekend and we've mentioned a couple of players so guys like junior camenaro mm-hmm. that that's my wild card we got to see what he's doing fitzgerald you mentioned see what he's doing over the weekend if, if i'm talking wild card that's what i'm doing I'm, I'm paying attention saturday and sunday before we have to make these decisions sunday night and then possibly uh, as you brought up we we probably have extra roster spots if you're not starting a pitcher in your lineup this week—that's a 100% drop. You only yep. need nine on your roster, so we have a ton of room for hitters this week. all, all of our bench spots can be for hitters. And that's, is there anybody specific that you'd throw out there and add to the wild card category for the weekend?
1: First, it's a great point about the pitcher's thing. Like, literally, those are your free drop spots after you have your nine locked in. Then he can rotate, and then he start adding guys specifically for the weekend hitting situation. So I like that a lot. For me now, you mentioned Caminero, Fitzgerald. But What I would do is Kyle Farmer is not a wild card, but the fact that he gets playing time now with Royce Lewis going down, maybe see who St. Louis is playing at third base regularly for Arenado, missing time. Go about it that way because we're going to get some more IL stints this weekend because it's that time of the year where there's it, with without the 40-mans like you mentioned earlier, they're going to be like, you know what, we're just going to IL this guy to get somebody else up here and get some potential at-bats, and that'll open up playing time. That's the best way now instead of just prospects for the wild card. It's playing time for the last week so we can actually take advantage of things. like I'm looking at the Cardinals lineup for for Friday night. Furman's getting the start at third base. I'm not the biggest Fur, Furman or Furman guy. But you never know. Maybe he does something over the weekend and he becomes viable for next week. So look at that. Pay attention to this weekend. See who goes on the IL. See who's gaining playing time from those situations. And those could open up an avenue to a cheap ad and be uh, some extra at-bats over the next week. I love it.
0: I love it. Absolutely. Before we get out of here, Bubba, I got to talk a little first pitch Arizona. First of all, we're less than six weeks away, and I can't wait to see you. (laughs) All right, yeah. Uh, less than six weeks away. I can't wait to see you. As we're recording, the rosters to start their season came out today on Friday. Now, those rosters uh, can change quite a bit by the time we're there, but it's nice to look at those players. Baseball HQ, in in honor of the lineups coming out today, is doing a, a hundred, $100 discount. Mm-hmm. on the price of the conference yeah it, it's like you said the best weekend of the year and i can't wait to play golf with you and ryan and others and hang out for four or five days and watch and talk about nothing but baseball
1: yeah i can't wait man it's just gonna be great to see you we were ju- we were talking about it before the show just like hanging out at the bar watching baseball talking baseball the conference the golf the games it's baseball 24 7 and I, I i preach it every time It's not just fantasy baseball. If you just like baseball, you're going to love first pitch Arizona. Like, it's just awesome stuff. Yes, it's a fantasy conference and we do things, but there's so much more than just fantasy baseball at this deal. Everyone's so friendly. Everyone's like just great to hang out with. It is literally like it's a can't miss thing. So, the $100 off is awesome. Again, I don't get a plug for this at all. It's awesome. I booked my rooms earlier this week. They're almost all booked for that section. If you plan on doing that, do that quick. But it's going to be great. I can't wait. It's just around the corner. I've been told by people that know Prospects better than I, because I don't know them at all. These aren't the best of rosters, but for us, Kevin, when we have a cold one in our hands and we're watching baseball in November, I don't think we really care. So it's going to be pretty awesome.
0: Absolutely. And like last year, the World Series may coincide. World Series going seven games last year meant we had two games of the World Series during the conference. It's the same schedule this year. I am arriving a day early due to my long distance travels i i can almost guarantee that i'll get to see game five of the world series there right i highly doubt we see a world series sweep so that'll be wednesday no. evening and then friday and saturday night could very well be game
1: six and seven of the world series like we had last year yep that was awesome yeah i get in wednesday so i'll see you there I fly out sunday early sunday unfortunately but yeah it's a great trip just hanging out with everybody and yeah you get, like you said you get to toss in the world series stuff i know nick has mentioned uh, I don't know if I'm supposed to say it, but I know he's trying to um, he's doing all those games. He streams games now all the yep. time. He's trying to do a potential live stream at the bar for a World Series game if it all works out. So that'd be pretty awesome as well. How's
0: that going to work out when Nick is uh, all of his content has to be rated G?
1: That's going to be the fun part about it. <laughs> hey, Kevin, not our problem. <laughs> <Not our> because <problem. laughs> definitely not a rated G thing will take place. there. That's sure. <laughs>
0: awesome I love it that's going to wrap it up for episode 133 of on the wire you can follow me at hasting kevin you can follow adam at 80 grade all spelled out of course follow the pod itself at on the wire pod I'd love to thank kc Bubba once again for joining us you can follow him at bd entrick that's b-d-e-n-t-r-e-k after all that I am kevin hasting Thank you for listening and we bid you goodbye.